Turn with me to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Yesterday when, when we were at the school supply giveaway, uh, Kelly came over and was sharing with me about something that happened with Luis. And uh, Luis has, had uh, fallen off of the roof doing his construction work. And uh, they said uh, that as he fell, right before he got to the ground, his fall slowed. And, uh, and she told me that he had had that happen once before and it had shattered his arm. Uh, but this time, he did break his hand, but his arm was okay. And, uh, and it seemed like his, his speed of descent slowed right before he got to the ground. And one of his co-workers kept saying to Kelly over and over, I just don't understand how he could slow down. I just don't understand how he could slow down. And she said, well, come to church, and we'll show you why he slowed down. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, do, we serve a living God, don't we? We serve a God who cares about us. He's involved in the situations of our life, and he has a heart and a desire to bless us. And uh, repentance is a doorway to God's blessing. Now, that blessing can't come to us but through the blood of Jesus Christ, but repentance is the doorway that God has given us to enter into all of those blessings that Christ has purchased for us. And, uh, and then once you begin a relationship with Christ, repentance continues to open the door in your life to God's blessing. Um, we're going to be talking today about a, a man who was healed at the beautiful gate in the temple. And Peter and John were going to the temple. The man's asking for money. And he says, what I have, I give to you. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And he, he takes up his bed and he starts to leap and to jump and to, to, to shout because Jesus has healed him uh, from his, his lame legs that he's lame from birth. And, and uh, what an amazing thing. And so then he's going around, he's kind of hanging on to Peter and John and uh, they begin when the crowd is, is gathered there, they begin to tell them why this man has been miraculously healed. They say it's because of the power of Jesus Christ that you've observed this great work today. And they begin to tell the gospel. And they get to the message of how they are to enter into the blessings of the gospel that Jesus Christ has provided for us through his death on the cross and his resurrection and they say, this is the doorway into that blessing. It's the doorway of repentance. So each and every one of us today uh, needs to go through that doorway of repentance on a regular basis in our lives. And if you're here today and there's never been a time in your life where you've repented of your sin, you surrendered your heart to Christ and received that gift of salvation, uh, I, I want to encourage you to do that today as well. Uh, the title of my message today is The Blessings of of repentance. And let's begin looking at Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from birth was carried there and placed every day at the temple called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple complex. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, Look at us. 
So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up, stood, and started to walk, and he entered the temple complex with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple complex. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. While he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, greatly amazed, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied in the presence of Pilate which he, uh, when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you. You killed the source of life whom God has raised from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through him has given this perfect health in front of all of you. And now, brothers, I know that you didn't, did it in ignorance, just as your leaders also did. But what God had predicted through the mouth of all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer, he has fulfilled in this way. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you, as the Messiah. Heaven must welcome him until the times of the restoration of all things. He's speaking about the ascension there. Which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets from the beginning. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to him in everything he will say to you. And everyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition... All the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those after him have announced these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors, saying to Abraham, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring, or literally your seed. And God raised up his servant and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. And I just want to, to, to note... There in 26, we're going to focus on a couple of other verses, but look at this. Bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. Did you know that there is a blessing that comes with repentance? We have people all over our culture today that don't want people calling sin, sin. That don't want people to say, this is right and this is wrong. But can I tell you, unless you understand what is right and what is wrong... Unless you understand that there is one way to salvation through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, there will not be an opportunity for you to repent. And if there's no opportunity for you to repent, there'll be no opportunity for you to enter into the blessings of what God has for you. So there are blessings. He says he sent Jesus to bless you by turning you. 
from your evil ways. The enemy would have us believe that blessing comes through wickedness. That if we do wickedness, that we'll have blessing. But Jesus says, you come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The blessings of repentance. Why should we repent? I believe there's several things in these couple of verses, verses 19 and 20, that tell us why we should repent. First of all, God cleanses our sins. God cleanses our sins. Look at verse 19. Therefore repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know that the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sins? Washes it away. He buries that sin in the sea of forgetfulness when you put your trust in Christ. He separates it as far from you as the east is from the west. Uh, I, was, I like to eat chocolate-covered raisins. I don't know if any of you like to eat those. So my wife had, had bought me some, and, and I was picking out on it. Uh, uh, and uh, I didn't realize I had dropped some of them, and they got underneath where I was sitting. And they melted. And they were all over the seat, and they were all over my pants. And to make matters worse, I didn't even know it. And so I was, uh, I, last night, I, I pulled out my shorts, and I was, I was going to change. And I, uh, I noticed on the back, there was chocolate everywhere. Dry, hardened chocolate. And then I went to that chair, and I saw chocolate all over the chair. And I thought to myself, I don't need to sit down in that chair again. And so uh, Sherry helped me out. I went and changed, and Sherry uh, washed off the chair for me. And what a wonderful thing to sit down in a clean chair and not to have to worry about chocolate. Doesn't that sound silly? But, you know, a much more serious matter is when our hearts are dirty. And, you know, when you think back, and, and Jesus knows every sin, every evil thought, every evil word, everything you failed to do that you should have done, everything that you did that was sinful that you shouldn't have done, he knows it all. The Bible speaks about books being open. Uh, when, when the time of the judgment comes, the books will be open, and then the book of life, and I believe the books that are open, uh, whatever that means, whether you know God's got a divine uh, record of, of some hard copy of some kind, or whether it's in his mind, and he knows, and he's just going to, to use that. But there's a record of our sin. And Colossians says that what, what happened on the cross is that God took the handwriting that was against us, and he blotted it out. He took his divine eraser over every sin to remove that sin from the record of those who trust in him uh, so that there is no longer a handwriting against us. You know, if you go to court, there are charges that are brought, to, brought against you, right? There are written charges. Wouldn't it be something to go to the court one day to have the judge get the charge and look at the paper and find that there's no charge there? He says, what's the charge? And the attorney says, well, I don't know. 
I, f- I forgot. And you're supposed to have a paper up there. Well, here's the paper. It says this is the charge, but there's no charge. Well, I guess I just declare uh, this, the, these proceedings to, to be uh, a mistrial and, and let you go home. There's no charges. You're just going to have to go home. Did you know that's what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us? He removed all the charges. And so God has declared us to be innocent in his sight. He has reconciled us to himself. David in in, uh, Psalm chapter 51 uh, is is just broken over his sin. And uh, he's he's committed adultery with Bathsheba. And he's uh, indirectly murdered her husband by sending him to the front lines. And and he, he comes to God and he says, Oh Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Within me, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And he's just broken and before God. And then he finds the forgiveness of God and he writes another song. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Hallelujah. My sin is Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. This is what Jesus does through repentance. When you make a choice, what is repentance? Repentance is you're going your own way, and you're going in a path of sin, and you make a choice to turn from your sin in your own way, to follow Christ. That's what repentance is. And he speaks here about that choice of repentance, but he also speaks about the turning. And, and the turning goes along with the choice because the choice results in the turning. Because when you repent of your sin before God, God makes you a new creation in Christ. And he sends his Holy Spirit to live inside you to help you live the godly life that he wants you to live. And so God gives you the ability to do what you've committed to do. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And so uh, when you repent, what it does is it opens up the blessings of God. And one of the first blessings that's applied to your life is the blessing of cleansing from sin. Um, I I was uh, reading the testimony of of a person, and I've heard this before, and I experienced this myself. Uh, but when this person came to Christ, after praying to receive Christ, he says, I feel clean. <laughs> I feel clean. And, and what, a, what an amazing thing to be cleansed by the atoning work of Christ on the cross. You can be yours today. You can be cleansed. Your sin can be forgotten. Not that God doesn't know about it, but God, God puts it forever in the past. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And remembers it no more. So, the blessings of repentance, why should we repent? Do so because God cleanses our sin. Secondly, do so because God refreshes our hearts. Look at verse 19. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out and that seasons of refreshing may come. I want you to know that there is refreshing that comes from repentance. Um, many of you have experienced that in your personal walk with God as you 
you've been convicted of a sin and you've confessed that to God and asked God to change your heart and, and you have uh, committed anew and afresh to follow Christ and, and that sweetness is back in your relationship with God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Uh, that refreshing that comes from his presence. And uh, I remember uh, when I was growing up, I was actually sick the night it happened, but I was told secondhand about it. Um, they were having a revival service. An actual revival broke out. And uh, people who hadn't spoken to each other in 20 years walked across the aisles of the church and confessed to their sin against their brother. And they, were, they made up relationships. And a service that was scheduled to go one hour went over three hours with people coming to the altar broken and relationships being restored. It was an amazing thing. And I want to tell you something. There was some rejoicing going on in that church that night. There was a joy. There was a sense of God's presence. There was a refreshment in that church because the Spirit of God had been quenched for years and years. And now because of repentance, refreshment from God has once again come to the church. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Refreshment can come to you personally through repentance. It can come to your family through repentance can come to our church, and yes, it can come to our nation through repentance. True freedom will never be experienced in our country without a turning back to our God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what our nation needs. We need refreshment from the Lord. God is able to solve our economic problems. He's able to solve our relational problems. Uh, he's able to solve our international problems. But the fact is, we've stopped looking to God, and we've stopped look, started looking to other things. The solution for our country to be refreshed and renewed before God is to turn back to Him in repentance. Refreshment comes from God. I'm going to tell you something. In this world, you will have trouble. You need the refreshment of God in your life. I love what Jesus said. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome. There's refreshment from God when you repent. So, why should you repent? First of all, God cleanses our sin. Secondly, God refreshes our hearts. Thirdly, God becomes our friend. He says times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Literally, in the, in the Greek text, it says it will come from the face of the Lord. And in, in the, old, uh, the, the Old Testament... There was this picture of God's face being turned towards you in blessing and relationship. And, and they would have this statement. And, and Moses would, would say this and Aaron would say this to the people uh, as they would go out. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he bring you peace. And it was a, a, a statement of blessing for God's people. Let, let God's friendship be with us. Let God's hand be upon us. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful picture of the presence of God. His face is turned toward us. You say, why is that so significant? I'll tell you why it's significant. Because God's face can never be turned toward us without Jesus. On the cross, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What, what had happened? God had turned his face from Christ, the relationship between God the Father and God the Son was broken on the cross. Why? So that he could turn his face toward you and toward me. Jesus experienced 
the separation of God so that we could experience the fellowship of God. Your relationship with Christ and your relationship with God has nothing to do with your own worthiness. It has everything to do with Christ's worthiness. It has everything to do with the, with the sacrifice that God made on the cross. You who were far, the scripture says, were brought near by the blood of Jesus. Your relationship with God is because of his grace through Christ. But repentance is the door that brings that blessing. So when you repent of your sin and you choose to, to turn from your sin in your own way to follow Christ... God becomes your friend. You ever thought about that? I, I don't completely understand that because God is so great and He is so awesome and mighty and holy and powerful, and yet He wants to have a relationship with me. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to completely understand it, but I believe it because God's Word says it. And I believe it because he has come into my life and he has been my friend. He's the friend that sits closer than a brother. When you repent of your sin, Christ becomes your friend. Have you ever been lonely in your life? Uh, maybe, maybe you had a, a season of time where you had moved or something. You didn't know anyone and, and uh, there was a loneliness in your life. I can remember in, in high school that I, I had I prayed to God. I said, Lord, would you send me a good Christian friend? About two weeks later, uh, a young man named Billy uh, transferred from Maribel to Alcoa. He got right with God. And uh, he, came to, he came to Alcoa. And uh, we had a, had a great friendship. Uh, and God answered that prayer. Isn't it an amazing thing uh, to have good friendships? And uh, that's a blessing from God. If you have good relationships in your family, that's a blessing from God. Um, but the greatest friend that you could ever have is Jesus Christ. People change. Circumstances change. Uh, things happen in life. And we think things will go on the way they've always gone on. And, but they always change. Jesus Christ never changes. He's always the same. You can count on him. Yesterday, today, forever, he's the same. He'll always be. I love the fact that the Bible says that Christ is for us. Did you know that Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, if you've received his forgiveness today, the Bible says that Jesus Christ ever lives to make intercession for you. He's praying for you. Isn't that a great thought? Uh, that our great Savior would pray for us. God is for us. Isaiah 53 says it pleased him to crush Jesus for us. That's a lot. I can't even understand that one. But it's real. And this friendship and this love comes to us through Jesus Christ, but it, it comes, the way that we enter into that is through repentance. Repent so that God will become your friend. God cleanses us. God refreshes our hearts. God becomes our friend, and finally God sends our Savior. Look at verse 20. 
he's been speaking about repentance. He says, that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must welcome him until the time of the restoration of all things. What's he talking about there? Well, when Jesus rose from the dead, he spent about, you know, 40, 40 days or so uh, ministering to the disciples and, and uh, preparing them for their ministry. And the Bible says then he ascended to the right hand of God. He, he was slowly went up into the clouds and disappeared from their sight. And the Bible says he's coming the same way. And so um, that's what he means by uh, him having to be in heaven until the time of the restoration. Because the Bible teaches us that Jesus will come back. And at first he'll rapture the church and then there'll be a season of tribulation for seven years. And then at the end of that seven years, Jesus will come and he'll set his foot upon this earth. And the battle of Armageddon will destroy his enemies and he'll set up. A millennial kingdom where he'll reign for a thousand years. That's the restoration of all things. And so what is he saying? If you repent, it will bring Jesus. Well, if you look in the books of, of Peter, you find uh, that God says, when people were asking God's people, why has Jesus tarried? Peter says, it's not God's will that any should perish but that all should come to the knowledge of repentance. God delays the coming of Christ. Why? Because he loves lost people and he wants them to be saved. And so what Peter is saying here is he's saying, as, as many of you, he was speaking to a crowd, he says, as many of you trust Christ, you bring Christ's coming more quickly. That's one reason we need to witness for Christ. Tell people about Jesus. Why? Because Jesus will come more quickly. But repentance also brings Jesus down spiritually. Uh, we can quench the Spirit of God. The New Testament teaches us that. Um, it's kind of like uh, putting out a fire, pouring water on a fire. We can quench the Spirit of God with our sins. Um, we can grieve the Spirit of God, the New Testament teaches us. So that instead of living the abundant life that God desires, we're just kind of going through the motions. Instead of having joy and victory and power uh, in the church service, we go through the motions. What will bring Christ down? I'll tell you what will bring him down. Genuine repentance. That's the doorway to Christ coming upon your life, upon your family, upon your church, upon this nation. Repentance is the doorway. Do you want God's presence to come? Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you need rest for your soul? Do you need comfort? Do you need the joy of the Lord, the peace that passes understanding? It comes through a close walk with Jesus Christ. And the doorway to that is repentance. Would you repent of your sin today? Walk through that doorway to experience the blessings that God has for you. He cleanses our sins. He refreshes our hearts. He becomes our friend. And he sends our Savior.
God's heart has always been to have a close relationship with us. In the garden, sin separated Adam and Eve from that daily fellowship with God that they had enjoyed and that was so meaningful to them. But at the cross, it was a choice. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life that we could never live in our place. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for sin that we deserved. He was alienated from God, bore his wrath, and then said, it is finished on the cross. And he rose three days later from the dead. And because of what Christ has done, that relationship that Adam and Eve lost can be restored through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. God wants to give you his blessings. Somebody said that grace could be an acrostic. God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. How do you receive that blessing? It comes through the cross. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, ask this morning that you would have your way in this time. Let your spirit work on human hearts. And Father, I pray that as, as we have this invitation time, if there are things that in, in the lives of people here this morning that need to, to be addressed, that your spirit would convict us of those things. And, and Father, that you'll show us where we need to turn to you and what sin we need to turn from. Uh, but Father, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, I pray that for the first time you give them the ability and the empowerment uh, to genuinely turn from their sin and put their trust in Jesus. Uh, Father, I pray that um, they could make that, that choice.